worship. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. I can hear you. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Amen. So you may please be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So good to be back here again. It's as though I never left. <laughs> Amen. So um, let me welcome us again to the presence of God and to the fellowship of the brethren this morning. I want to encourage us that we should please be seated, be calm, and be expectant because I believe that God has a word for every soul present here today, including myself. And we're all going to get it in the name of Jesus. So I want us to just prepare our heart to receive from God himself through this earthen vessel that is standing before you. There's little or nothing that I know or that I can say in my own sufficiency. So I stand here before you today by the virtue and by the excellency of God's wisdom to deliver his message as I also yield myself to him to speak through me and that you also will get what God is saying to us this morning and it will bless you and bless everyone here in the name of Jesus. So I also want to welcome our first timer. Thank you for coming to church today. God bless you. Please put your hands together for them. Uh, we appreciate you on behalf of our pastor, Pastor Fred Akinolai Elegbe, who is not um, physically present. He's away for another ministration at uh, Isain. So, uh, but of course, this is the family of God, and we warmly welcome you to God's presence. And we believe that God himself will bless you in the name of Jesus. And for those online also, you will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, uh, all right, so pastor, I started a series. Can somebody remind me what the title of the series that pastor started is? Anybody? Okay, let's echo it together as a family. The Holy Spirit, the believer's advantage. So this morning, I'm not going to digress. I'm just going to press on. I'm going to press further, and I'm going to dig deeper by the Holy Spirit uh, with a subtopic, if you're writing down, Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom. That's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom. Can we say it together? Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom. Can I hear you say that, church? Amen. So, let's turn our Bibles very quickly to the book of John. We're going to be reading a lot of scriptures today. Uh, media, I trust you to help me with some of those scriptures so that we can utilize our time judiciously. So John chapter 16, we're going to read from verse 5 
through 15, and I want us to read it together as a family, and then I'll begin to share with us what I believe God has put in my heart to say. Okay, so let's read it together, um, church. But now I go my way to him that sent me. Church, let's read it together. And none of you asked me whether thou goest. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you can now hear them now. I'll be when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all the truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of me, and shall show it unto you. And verse 15. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom. Now this morning, let me start by asking us um, a few questions. All right. And um, I want you to answer it within yourself this morning as I drive us on this journey together. And my first question this morning is, how many of you desire to be acquainted to God in a more intimate way than you already are now? I want to be. I don't know if there's anybody in the church this morning that wants to be more acquainted or more intimate with God, you know, more than you have ever been. Okay. Now, my second question is, okay, so how many of you are dissatisfied with your current relationship state with the Holy Spirit and you dare for more this morning? Is there anybody in that category? I can't see hands up. I think a lot of people are already on the apex, on the zenith of their relationship with God. And thirdly, how many of you wants to walk in the wheel of the Father 24-7? Even when the flesh always protests or gets in the way. How many of you wants to be a master of that? Amen. Then we need to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So this morning, my um, objective this morning is actually to help us to attain a certain height. I mean... Our set man already started the journey. He has driven us to a very high pedestal. And I'm not going to try to bring us down. Rather, we go from faith to faith. Hallelujah. 
yeah, so that's what I'm here to do this morning. I'm here to talk to us about the Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom of God. Now, a lot of us understand what a governor is in a democratic constitution. I am not so much uh, a lawyer, but I have lawyers in this house this morning. I have them as friends too. So, but this morning I'm, I'm going to talk about the governor of a kingdom. Now, the role of a governor in a democracy is not the same as the role of a governor in a kingdom. So, I'm going to try my best by the grace of God to uh, explore what a governor in the kingdom is, all right? What a governor in the kingdom does. And this morning, the, govern, uh, uh, the kingdom we are going to be talking about is no other but the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. Because that's where we are. That's the jurisdiction that we all belong. Everyone, I believe, in this auditorium this morning is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And of course, a candidate of the kingdom of God. So I'm here this morning to help us to really understand further what the Holy Spirit does as a governor of that kingdom. How that it is to your advantage that you possess him. Or in other words, he also possesses you. It is your advantage. You know, everybody has the Holy Spirit in them at birth and when i mean at birth i'm referring to when everybody made a decision to identify with god when you come to the altar and the altar call was made and you identify yourself with the lordship of jesus christ you said a sinner's prayer um and then of course you were led to the lord you received the knowledge of the truth now that day was birth a new human being or that day you got your citizenship that day you became a citizen of the kingdom of god however everyone i mean every believer now needs to acquaint themselves and desire for more of the holy spirit in order to journey in this new life. Because this new life that we have received in Christ Jesus is not a life that we can live on our own. It's not a life that Jesus expects us to do it as we want or do it as we wish. No, he has not left us without a witness. And the witness that Jesus has left with us as a matter of fact he was telling the disciples and so he's telling us today that now i had to go in order for him to come because when he comes he will take of the father and deliver it to you such that you are not alone somebody say i am not alone so you are never alone you never walk alone you have the holy spirit of god who is the governor of the kingdom of God. 
As a matter of fact, you have the Holy Spirit of God who is the embodiment or the headquarters of heaven on earth right in your heart. Let me say a few initial thoughts that I wrote down here and then I believe that we'll get one or two things out of this in the name of Jesus. Now, I said since the fall of man in the garden, now everybody understands what the fall of man is, I believe. Since the fall of man in the garden, which connotes the declaration of independence from the authority of the kingdom of God, man became reduced to his own senses and wit, which is against God's original design or intention from the beginning. It was never intended for man to live independent of heaven. Heaven is God's throne. Heaven, the kingdom of heaven, is where God rules, where God reigns, where God is the king over. Now, God created another colony, which he calls earth, where we are in right now. And we believe and we know that there cannot be two kings running one kingdom. To every kingdom, there is but how many kings? A king. Am I correct? Good. God is already a king of the kingdom of heaven. All right? Now, he wanted a king on earth. And then he made man. So, God's original intent for the creation of man is to make man king of this domain that is the kingdom of earth, all right? It is on earth that the kingdom of God is designed to be executed or to be established. You remember the prayer, let your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. So it is God's desire to extend heaven on earth. And the way he planned to do that is to communicate it to man by his spirit. He is already king over um, heaven, all right? So he needed a king on earth. He needed somebody that will accommodate all that heaven stands for. And the way he could do that is to release his spirit into such an earthen vessel, which is you and I on earth. In order for that spirit in us, who we call the governor of the kingdom of God, to begin to release the culture of heaven. Every parameters that make heaven what heaven is into us. And by so doing, we will now be able to influence our world by releasing the kingdom of God in the way that the Holy Spirit has done it within us. Are we following me this morning? Please, I need you to follow me closely. And we can find that in um, Genesis 3, verse 1 through 10. That really explains the fall of man. But you know what happened when man fell was that you know, it was a declaration of independence. God never intended that man should live outside of him or outside of his spirit. Because now, the Bible makes it clear that when God made man, he breathed into him 
his own spirit. Now, before the creation of man, the Holy Spirit was hovering through the face of the deep. There was no container. There was no vessel to accommodate him. Are you following me this morning? But when God now made man, then that was the candidate that could receive the breath of God, the power of God, the Ruach of the Most High, the Holy Spirit of God. Because it is the person, or let me say it this way, now, the governor of a kingdom is like a replica of the king. Are you following me this morning? The governor of a kingdom. Now, I'm talking about a kingdom, not a, not a democracy that we run in some of our countries in the world. I'm talking about the kingdom. And a, a typical example we can all relate with here is the Great Britain that we are all familiar with and some other, you know, nations that run kingdom, not democracy. All right? A, a, a governor, his role or our role is actually to replicate the mind, the constitutions, the laws, the codes and conduct, the regulations, the rules, everything, the constitution that thrives or that govern the constituencies, all right? It does that into its container. So I said that to say that the Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom, when he comes into us, all right, when we receive him, you know, at baptism, what he begins to do is not an overnight transformation, all right? It's not an overnight job. It's, it's, it's a perpetual duty and role that it does in us. It begins to fit us with all that heaven has in stock for us. In order for us to be able to build the earth in the pattern of heaven. Are we following me this morning? He's doing all of that in us. And he does it in his own pace. And sometimes he actually does it with respect to how much of our yieldedness we put on the table. God never forces himself against anybody. That's why he never forces anybody to be saved. Salvation package has been made available for all and sundry. But is all and sundry saved this morning? Hmm? No. Not everybody is saved, but salvation package is available for everyone. So only those who utilize their um, self-moral agency, because God created man. As a free moral agency, you, you have the liberty to make your own choices. You have the, the freedom to choose whatever. So he wants people who will voluntarily give him room, who will voluntarily accept his salvation package. Those who would say, Lord, I open the door of my heart. Just come on in and do what 
you want to do. And the way God does that is through his spirit. He didn't have to come down to earth anymore. He already came in the body of Jesus. Jesus already consummated the work by giving us back what we lost in the Garden of Eden. What did man lose in the Garden of Eden? Man lost the Spirit of God, who is the governor of the kingdom. And everything that Jesus did on the cross was actually to that hand that we may receive back or that it be restored back to us the Spirit of the living God that we lost in the Garden of Eden. Can I hear and hear amen? So now that we possess that spirit, it is the spirit of the living God who is the governor of that kingdom that now begin to reprogram us. Now, what's the word, people? Reprogram us. Restore us. See, every time you see re, re, added to a word, it means that, okay, for example, we say restore. So what that simply means is we're doing it again. Am I correct? We're doing it again. It means that, okay, there is a store already. Now we are restoring. So it means we're doing it again. So when you restore a thing, we're not going to the front. Rather, we are going to the back. Because that thing is not like it's not there. It's there, but we are restoring it. We are reprogramming it. It's like we are waking it up. You know, many of us use, um, uh, what's it going to we use our systems and pieces and all of that. And when your system sleeps, it doesn't mean that the system is shut down. But does it appear it's shut down? It appears like it's shut down, right? But what do you do when you just stop or you strike a button? Now what happens? It comes up. So that's what the... I mean, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to restore what man lost. In the garden. And what man lost in the garden was the Holy Spirit. Because it was the Holy Spirit that made communication possible between God and man. The Holy Spirit was that direct path or channel through which we are able to hear God's voice crystal clear. Through which we are able to decode the information of the spirits. It is by that spirit we're able to get revelation, revelation. Without it, all we are going to be getting when we read our Bibles are just mere information. And that's the difference between a believer who has the Holy Spirit and just another person who studies religion, studies in the university. They have head knowledge. They have information. But the Bible is a different literature book that only its author can translate and interpret the mind of the author. So we need the Holy Spirit to reveal the intent of God whenever we read through these codes, this constitution, because this is the constitution of the kingdom. Sorry, don't mind my Bible. Very old Bible. <laughs> it is the Holy Spirit that does that. So the major work of the Holy Spirit actually is to bring heaven and incubate it in our hearts. And that's, the, and that's what the governor 
of the kingdom of God does. When we receive the Holy Spirit, is the one that knows heaven. As we are going to see very briefly, he, he, he knows the mind of God, and the governor of the kingdom knows the mind of the king. All right? Now, because he knows the mind of the king, he can communicate that to us. Are you following me, people? He, 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 he introduces us to the mind of God. He translates it to us in a way that we can relate. Right? And he does that in a mystical ways. I mean, many of us receive information. We receive knowledge of the spirit in different ways in diverse ways based on our relationship with god some people god would talk to them in dreams some people is just even in the bathroom they are they can hear the voice of god some people when they sit over the bible they begin to receive downloads of heaven all of this administration is by the spirit of the living god who is the governor of the kingdom. And God has not left us without his spirit. He gave the spirit so that we can have a guide, so that we can have an influencer. For those of you that are looking for, you know, influencers on the social media, you already have one from the heavenly media. Amen? So you don't need to look too far. You have it within you. You have the major influence that you can ever get in the person of the Holy Spirit. So you yourself are supposed to be an influencer. You are supposed to go into your world. Go into the media. Go into education. Go into uh, entertainment. Go into all of these sectors. Go into politics. And let's take over. And we cannot take over just by our knowledge of secular books. We can only take over by the spirit of the living God. We go there and influence the world without imposing on them. It takes the wisdom of God to be able to do that. And it is by the spirit of God that we receive that wisdom by so we can do. Amen. God's original creation, I'm referring to man now, God's original creation or model is for the Holy Spirit to dwell in man and make in him his permanent abode or center of power, authority, and dominion where heaven's reign is ministered on earth, where heaven's reign actually influences the earth. That is, God's kingdom comes upon the nooks and crannies of the earth through you. God don't need two persons. God don't need three persons. He only needs one person. How many quantity of yeast or leaven agent do we need in a, in a lump or in a flour? Can anybody tell me? I mean, we have um, confectionery specialists here. Like... How, how many yeasts do, do we need in there? It isn't just like a pinch, right? 
Am I communicating, church? is isn't just like a pinch. And you guys would wonder, just a pinch of, of yeast would make so much of, you know, the mixed flour to rise. Right? That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. God needs just you at that employment. God needs just only you in that banking sector. God needs just only you at your job. God needs only you at your classroom or at your school, whatever. God needs only you, not two, not three, just only you to effect a change to vomit the kingdom of God into that space. Have you ever wondered that all of those people that we work with, I mean, those you call your colleagues at work, at school, especially at work, they are like your trapped souls to be won into the kingdom. They are like your, I mean, that's your sphere of, of influence. If you don't get to finish the discussion today, you continue the other day because you will still meet them. You meet them on Monday, you meet them on Tuesday, you meet them on Wednesday, Thursday, and you meet them on Friday. So you meet them like virtually every day. So they are not going anywhere. Now you see, you don't have to finish up the work in one day. It takes, you, you make use of how much time you have with them. Are you following me, church? I'm saying all of this for you to see that you actually possess an influencer. You possess the Holy Spirit. You pos you, you, the whole of heaven has been, okay, you guys should permit me to say, has been reduced into the person of the Holy Spirit such that you can receive it. So everywhere you go, that's heaven walking on two legs, going to somewhere to explode. Can I hear a loud amen? So you cannot afford to shut down that headquarters of power, authority, dominion on the inside of you. You have a governor, the governor of the kingdom of God, and he, 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 he wants expression, and he wants it through you. He wants you to cooperate with him. He wants you to partner with him for him to be able to carry out the roles that has been dedicated to him to do in you, on you, and through you. Are we following me this morning, church? Now, another thought I put down here is the natural habitat for man to live and thrive is in Eden. Everybody say Eden. Say Eden. The very spot that carries the presence of God. And the Holy Spirit is the custodian of this heaven on earth fellowship between two worlds of existence. I think I said that earlier. The natural habitat. While some people cannot live, you know, without some things. But I'm here to tell you that God's, you know, okay, let me say it this way. God actually has made 
everything to exist within an atmosphere. God has made everything to thrive within a specific space. Take a fish out of water. Now what happens to it? What happens to it? It dies. Take a seed out of the soil and go plant it in your, in your gold um, box. Now what happens to that seed? Now what's the right environment for fish to thrive? Water, right? What's the right environment for seed to germinate, to grow, to, to expand? The soil, right? Now take man out of Eden. Take man out of Eden. What happens to man? He dies. And Eden is actually the very spot that embodies the presence of God. It, it, it is, is the convergence point between heaven and earth. It is the collision of divinity and the terrestrial. This is where we have uh, a link between heaven and earth at hidden, the presence of God. And the custodian of this environment that we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. Because that's one of his roles. That's one of his roles to establish this particular space within you as the governor of the kingdom. He knows how heaven looks like. He knows what heaven should be like. And he wants you to have that experience in order to be compelled to release it on earth. Because God's original intention is for the kingdom of God to be established on earth, which is an extension of the kingdom of heaven. So what heaven looks like, God wants it to be initiated on earth. And the way he's going to do it is through you. Say through me. So my question is, are you available for the Holy Spirit of God, the governor of the kingdom, to be able to do that through you? Thank God for the ministry of reconciliation initiated by God and executed in the body of Jesus Christ for the life we lost in the garden to be restored back to us again after the fall. And we can see that in John 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have what? Everlasting life. The life that we lost in the garden. The Holy Spirit who is the custodian of that life. We received it back by the redemptive work of Christ. John 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh but to steal, to kill and to destroy. But the gift of God is what? But he come that we may have life and that we might have it. How? How? Abundantly. So the life of God in the Holy Spirit is a life of quantity and a life of quality. So it's both quality and it's also quantity. So God is not a fan 
of, uh, how do I say it now? Of, 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 of just enough. All right? Rather, he is a fan of super abundance. Because that's the life that the governor of the kingdom of God has brought. Now, let me run very fast now. I'm just trying to lay a foundation here. Now, so the question is, what does a governor do in a kingdom? In other words, now that we know that the Holy Spirit is the governor of the kingdom of God, now we want to explore what the role of this governor is and how that he is advantageous to us, how that he is to your advantage. In fact, if you look at Psalm 51, Psalm 51 and verse um, 10 through uh, 13, you will see this is King David actually emphasizing the importance of the Holy Spirit. He had done a misdeed. He had done something bad, something wrong. Maybe you guys are familiar with that story. He killed, a, in fact, he committed murder. He also committed infidelity. All right, when you, go, when you get home, you can read through that story again. Now, and this is somebody that has a, he, 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 he was remorseful. All right, after that, God sent the prophet to him to tell him what he did. Because he never saw that he did something wrong eventually, but he saw eventually that this is really wrong. All right, now, that's him praying to God, asking that God created me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. And verse 11, look at what he says at, uh, in verse 11. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. He, he, he values. You know, this is somebody that has enjoyed the administration, the partnership of the Holy Spirit. He knows how important he is. In his life. Because he has the governor of the kingdom of God in him. And he is a king on earth. He was able to rule the affairs of men. Because he recognized. He acknowledged. The impact and the influence of the Holy Spirit. On him. You know because in the old covenant. The Holy Spirit really does not indwell the people. It just comes upon them for ministration and then it goes back. Until after Jesus came, that's when we have the Holy Spirit settle or settling in man again. Are we following me this morning, church? Hmm. So what does a governor do in a kingdom? That's, that's the experience of King David. He just spreads it out, <coughs> how that the Holy Spirit is so important. How that we cannot do without the Holy Spirit. Even not on this journey of faith. If we really are going to survive in these days, in these hard days, then you cannot but embrace the Holy Spirit. You cannot but cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because that's what is going to make you stand out in the midst of this crisis that we are in in the world. The world is in crisis. But because we have Christ in us, 
we live in Goshen. Hallelujah. It is the Holy Spirit of God that is our Goshen. He helps us to live in the middle of the storm. Now, God many times don't have to take the storm away. Before you know that, he's a miracle worker. Some other times, he just make you, help you to walk through the storm. Just so you can know that he is with you in trouble. Psalm 91 and verse 15, he said, I'll be with you in trouble. He said, I'll take the trouble away. No, because troubles, where God is concerned, are necessary tools to build us, to mold characters in us, to make us better and wiser. Why sometimes, in fact, oftentimes, he doesn't, he, he's not the one responsible for it, but he can still turn it around for your good. And the way that is made possible is by our yieldedness to the Holy Spirit of God. What does the governor do in the kingdom? What does the Holy Spirit do in your heart as a kingdom citizen that has been sent on earth to change earth? Everyone seated here before the Lord this morning, you are all agents of change in your respective giftings and, and callings. That's what God has made you, an agent of change. You are not supposed to blend in to a situation, especially when it's not in conformity, in harmony to God's order. You are supposed to make things happen. You're supposed to, you're, you're one of the people that make things happen. Not just watch things happen, but make them happen. Because you have what it takes to so do. I'm charging us this morning and I'm also challenging us, including myself. Enough is enough for us to just be armchair citizens, just watching things happen and there's little or nothing that we can do to change it. We can do a lot. We can do a lot. We have access to the throne of grace. By the spirit of God within us, we can connect earth to heaven. By presenting earth to heaven. And then heaven shows up on earth and turns things around for our good. And to the glory of God. Are we following me, church? Number one thing is that the governor does in the kingdom of God and in your heart is he communicates the mind of the king. He communicates the mind of the king to the subject. He communicates the mind of the king to the subject. And interestingly, in this kingdom, even the subjects are kings. Did you hear what I said? I said in this kingdom, even the subjects, that is the people that should be ruled over, are also what? Rulers. They are also what? Rulers. And he exerts heaven's culture, heaven's influence, and God's intent on them. And I had this, as they give him permit for expression. So it means you can actually bench the Holy Spirit. 
Everybody understand what it means to, I mean, for people to be on the bench. And the football team, I'm not so much a footballer. I just play the games. I, I really don't watch football like that. But when people are on the bench, you know, they're just on the sideline and watching others do the main thing. Now, we can also bench the Holy Spirit. But today, we don't do it anymore. You shouldn't bench the Holy Spirit. Oh, I said I to say that the Holy Spirit will just be there until you give him permits for expression. And that's the governor. That's the embodiment of supernatural intelligence. Some things that you don't understand. Some things that you want to have an understanding of. Some things that look too difficult to comprehend. Come on now. Just spend some time in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. That's where the Holy Spirit... Remember what, we, what was said in the anchor scripture we read? It said, it will reveal to you all the truth. So it means there is no truth that the Holy Spirit does not already have. It possesses all the truth, not some of it, all of it, including the truths of some of your subjects. In fact, all of your courses in school. It gives you the truth. It teaches you. It gives you instructions to meet somebody that knows what you don't know. And they explain to you and you get it. It, 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 it gives you the solution to every problem. And truth, <laughs> the original information is very necessary in every situation. I mean, a lot of things would just be in chaos when you don't know the truth. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will do what? You'll be set free. So truth actually sets free. You become excited when something that was hidden finally became open, and you saw light. Come on now. You're happy. So the Holy Spirit actually communicates the mind of God to us. And we can see that in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 through 12, and 13 through 16. Let's, let's quickly read that. Let's see how, 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 how fast we can go. Because every other thing I'm going to say is actually inched on that scripture. Remember, the governor of the kingdom reveals the mind and communicates the mind of the king to us. Media, please help us with 1 Corinthians 2. We're going to read from verse 6 through 12 very quickly. And I'll say a few other things, and then we are out of here. Are you getting anything out of this already? Are you getting anything out of this already? Okay. I trust God. Okay. Albeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that comes to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even in, in the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. The professors, they don't even have an idea what it is. For they know if, uh, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Mm -hmm. But as it is written, eyes had not seen, nor hear, heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us 
by his what? Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God now would know man, but the Spirit of God. Uh, let's drive to verse, um, what verse is that now? Verse 13, okay, let's move on to 16. Now, we have received, listen, listen, listen church. We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So some things have been freely given to us of God. And the way to knowing them is by the Spirit. A lot of things will still be kept on the carpet. Lest the Holy Spirit reveals them to you. A lot of potentials, a lot of ideas, insight, concepts. What you need to thrive. What you need to be a blessing to your world. What you need to impact the nation. They will still remain encoded. Until the Holy Spirit helps you to decode it. Next verse. Next verse. Which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. But which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now you see, they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judge of no man. And verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind. Of Christ. I want you guys to echo that together. If you're excited to hear that good news, that I have the mind of Christ. Are you sure? If you really do understand the depth of what it means to have the mind of Christ, then you know that nothing should be eaten to you in this world except that which God Himself. Is not willing to show you at that time. Because reality is God don't keep things away from his children. He reveals his heart to them. And he does that by his spirit. He, 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 he don't lock him up just so you are in the dark. No, he wants you to know. I mean, there's a scripture in Proverbs, I can't really remember the, um, the chapter it is now, that says, it is, it is in the, is it, it's in the, okay, I'll, I'll just paraphrase now. It's in the ability of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to do what? To search it out. You think they do that by sitting over it all night, looking through the library of uh, of, um, of, of Nigeria or going to Kennedy Library to search and all of that. No, it's not the library of the Spirit. And it's the Holy Ghost that is the librarian of that school and is the one that knows in total where every relevant information is. 
kept. And then he leads you right there and reveals it to you. And then you're able to make meaning out of it in your soul and your body carries it out. Are you following me, church? Now, on the role of the Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom, revealing, oh, my time is up, the mind of the king, he does it this way. He reveals the mind of God to us in ways that are relatable to our souls and can be carried out in our body. I think I said that earlier. He reveals it in ways that are relatable. The way the Holy Spirit communicates to me, it will be different from the way he does it to you, but you can be sure that whatever he tells you is of God. Because God is not an author of confusion. I mean, that blessed me that I have the mind of Christ. The governor of the kingdom helps us to know the king intimately beyond religion or mere casual head knowledge. You know, I asked you earlier, how many of you desire more intimacy with God? See, you cannot remove work from any relationships. Whether relation with God, relation with man, relation with yourself, you cannot remove work from it. To every relationship is attached work. Say work. You keep working on it. Even the Bible instructed us to do what? To work out our salvation. Not work for. Because Jesus already did the working for. So we're working out our salvation in fear and trembling. So the Holy Spirit helps us to continually work on our relationship of knowing God. Ask yourself, why are you in this relationship with the Lord? Is it for the essence of knowing Him or for just obtaining Him? Because a lot of us are in this relationship for, the, for what we can get. Okay, so what happens when you don't get what you're believing God for? Now, do you end the relationship? Do you quit the relationship? Do you just jilt the Lord like that? Because you believe Him for a particular thing and you don't get it at the time that it should come. Would you say that He is not reliable anymore? No. If, 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 you, if you walk out of the relationship like that, it just shows that you never understood what, to, what being in relation with God entails. Because whether you receive it or not, you still guard him. Somebody say, I still guard him. Because it's, it's important. If you're in the relation for the essence of intimacy, then nothing... Like Apostle Paul said, nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Can you say that also? Can you say with all assurance that nothing will be able to severe me from God? Never seen that thing that be able to do that. 
Whether I receive what I'm believing God for or not, whether I get it or I don't get it, I'm, I'm, I'm still be here because I still got the Lord. I still have him. He is still my Lord. I love him. It is the working of the Spirit of God that does that. Where when man are cast down, your own experience will not be the same with this. You won't say, oh man, well, we're in this. We're all in this together. Oh yeah, we're in this together. But we're not responding to it exactly the same way. I'm, I'm not going to respond to it with, with, with fear like you guys are doing. I have peace. What is peace? Security in the midst of turmoil. And the Holy Ghost, the governor of the kingdom, is the one who does that. Are we hearing me this morning? He helps us, not the rules of the governor of the kingdom. He helps us to discern the truth. He helps us to discern the truth and the right. He helps us to discern the truth and the right. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 16. And verse 12, very quickly, media, I want to point out something right here. He helps us to discern the truth and the right. In the world we're living in now, there is so many truths. Everybody has their own truths. Neglecting the basic truth of the kingdom of God. Now, reality is, guys, truth cannot be updated you can't update the truth that's been written here all the truth that we need in life has already been recorded here now whatever truth the world is selling they can hold it to themselves it should not be uh, a commodity that believers buy into and then you begin to think oh okay uh, and, 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 and it's not really that bad it's not really that. No, the truth, whatever the world is selling that is not in conformity with this truth, this only truth, I don't think you should accommodate that. You trash it immediately. You know, the Holy Spirit helps us to discern the truth. All right? He helps us to discern the truth. And the Bible makes it clear that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Is this 1 Corinthians um, 16, verse 12? Okay. okay, can I have the next verse? 13, 14, 15. Oh, I'm not sure that's it. And verse 16. Let me see verse 16. Oh, I think I wrote down the wrong scripture. Sorry. So the Holy Spirit helps us to discern the truth. Now, what's discernment? Now, see, the discernment the, the is not a distinction between uh, good and bad only. A lot of people think discernment just gives you the ability to differentiate between what is good and what is bad. And uh, no, I've come to heart it that no, discernment helps you to be able to also distinguish what is right and what is good. The opposite of right is not just wrong, it is good. So 
So right versus good. The Holy Spirit helps you to be able to discern what is right and what is good. Some things are good, but they are not right. Apostle Paul makes that clear. And that's the scripture I thought I wrote down, but I think I wrote the wrong scripture. Some things are lawful to me, but, I mean, not expedient. Now, that's distinguishing between what is right. You know, some, some, some things that are good may not be right. They are good. They are not harmful. All right? They really are not that bad. But are they right? And the rightness has to do with, are they in harmony with God's will? What does God have to say about this thing? The word of God states clearly what is right. It doesn't just talk about what is good. It talks about what is right. So before you begin to do stuff, ask, is it right for me? To do this. It seemed good to us and to the Holy Ghost that we should do these things. Not it seemed, oh sorry, it seemed good to, it seemed right to us by the Holy Ghost to carry this out. So some things that are good and are right, it's a good thing to carry out. But some things may be good but not right, then you want to be sure so it is the Holy Spirit that helps with the assurance of that. And lastly, uh, what the governor of the kingdom of God does, the Holy Spirit, he incubates the mind of Christ into our human spirit such that the will of God is revealed to us firsthand. Number one, I said he communicates the mind of God to us. That is the mind of the king of heaven. Uh, number two, it reveals this mind of God to us in ways that are relatable to our souls and can be carried out in our body. Number three, I said he helps us to know the king intimately because the Holy Spirit knows the king and then he in us helps us to know the king beyond just doing church. It, it's past doing church. It's beyond that. It, it, it calls for more deeper an intimate relationship. Number four, I said, he helps us to discern the truth. And lastly, he incubates the mind of Christ into our human spirits such that the will of God is revealed to us firsthand. In other words, we get direct downloads from the headquarters without any barrier or impediment. I believe Pifred actually flogged this last week when we pray in the Holy Spirit as a matter of fact that's even part of what the Holy Ghost does it changes our language there is a language that is recognized in heaven and that's the language of angels language of men and that's what we speak when we pray in tongues we are not just playing a lot of people don't have that understanding when we pray in tongues we are not playing it's not a time to be looking around i, I watch many people just you know after sadly or like basically just they just ask us to pray so let's just go ahead and pray no that's the time to be serious you're establishing a connection 
an uninterrupted connection with God, a direct line. So you need to focus, you need to set your mind on the job, on the course. When you pray in the spirit, you should shut your physical eyes if you can, if you want to, and make sure the eyes of your spirit is open wide to the cross, to behold your king. It's not a time to put your hands in your pocket and be like some of those rascality that we do. You know, no. It's a time to be serious. Because the mind of Christ has been incubated into our human spirit. And that's where we receive. It's like we have a, 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 a how do I say it now? How many of us know a uh, uh, microchip? Okay, a memory card. We know the memory card, right? Everybody's familiar with memory card. That, that USD card that we usually put in our phones for more storage, right? Good. That, that, that memory card, or your SIM card, in fact, is an example of the mind of Christ that has been incubated into us. Now, look at that SIM. That SIM is MTN. I hope you know. Without the SIM in your phone, can you establish any connection with MTN? Huh? Can anybody even reach you on your line? You have a SIM. You have a wonderful phone, right? But your SIM is not in your phone. Or your phone in your SIM, whichever one. Now, how does anybody reach you? How does anybody reach you? There's no way anybody can reach you. Let's put it there. So, the mind of Christ in us is that chip that carries heaven and is the person of the Holy Spirit. The mind of Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in us and then he exposes us to heaven. Let me round up now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now what, what is then the mind of Christ? What is then the mind of Christ? I'm just going to reel this off. If you're writing, you can write it down because of my time. My time was up like over 15 minutes ago. So I got to round up now. I hope you are getting blessed, church. No, 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 don't, don't lie to me. I hope you are getting blessed. Okay, now what is the mind of Christ? When you get home, you can go through Exodus chapter 35 in verse 30 through 36 and verse 1. I mean, Exodus chapter 35, verse 30, through chapter 36 and verse 1. You see how God anointed Bezalel and Aoliab with an uncommon knowledge for all types of works and skills that can only be possible with somebody that possesses the mind of Christ. So what is the mind of Christ? The mind of Christ is the seat of divine intelligence. The mind of Christ is the seat of divine intelligence. When you get some, you read that scripture, you understand better what that means. Sometimes, in fact, the earthly intelligence is not what we need for some solution. It is when you have an understanding of what the problem is that you can provide a solution. But what if the solution, I mean the problem, is deeper than what we can figure out with our concubility? 
then you have to switch to define divine intelligence. And that happens by the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, number two, is the seat of power and the center of administration for the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit is the administrator of this powerhouse. Acts 1 and verse 8. You guys are familiar with that scripture? When you get them, you can read it also. And you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Number three, the mind of Christ is the unadulterated knowledge of God, the Father. When you get to them, you can read James 3 and verse 13 through 18. talks about the wisdom that comes from God. There is the earthly wisdom. There is the, there is the common wisdom. All right, but there is the wisdom that proceeds from God. And that's what the mind of Christ possess. And number four, the mind of Christ helps you to live out the kingdom life by default. The mind of Christ helps you to live out the kingdom life by default. Matthew 6 and verse 32. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and every other thing shall be added to you. And lastly, the mind of Christ has in it the inherent ability to mature in Christ-likeness and affect your affections for God. The mind of Christ has in it the inherent ability to mature you and also to mature in Christ-likeness and your affections for God. But all of this will not happen if you don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom of God. It, it, it happens when you already signed a permit for the Holy Spirit to carry on with your life. Yeah, thank you, uh, choir. To carry on with your life, I, I mean to carry on in your life and through your life what the intent of the Father is. So I introduce to you, church, the Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom of heaven, and how that is very important to you, and how that you cannot shut him down, you cannot quench him, that's the way the Bible puts it, quench not the Holy Spirit, you have the powerhouse of heaven on the inside of you, I have some other things I would have said here because of my time. Let me just quickly say, in two minutes, in two minutes, and then we are going to pray. We're going to pray this morning for a couple of minutes. We're going to pray. We're going to engage the Holy Spirit, the governor of the kingdom of heaven. His soul desire expression in us and through us. Gone are those days that we watch things happen. It's high time we begin to make things happen. And this is the generation of them that seek the face of God. This is the generation of them that work, that co-labor with the governor of the kingdom to make things happen. Let's be upstanding while I say these last few words of 